have you ever heard of the Ford Edsel? Yeah, me neither. It was actually a car that was developed and named after Henry Ford's son. So back in 1957, when this Edsel car made its debut, Ford had been really hyping it up. In fact, the company had spent 10 years in development and like $250 million planning this first big debut. It's the, one of the first brand new cars they had released in decades. It was supposed to be more economical than other Ford designs and a little less luxurious than the Lincolns was something for, you know, the middle class buyer. So everybody was psyched about this new Edsel that was coming on the market. But the sad story is it was a huge flop. It just couldn't live up to the expectations that had been set and it ended up being the wrong car for the wrong market at the wrong time. There are definitely mistakes that you can make when you're getting ready to launch a product or service and I want you to avoid your Edsel moments. Have you ever wanted a bossy big sister for your business? Someone to tell you exactly what to do to create high converting copy so you can close your laptop with confidence knowing that you've created words that work? Welcome to the Copywriting for Business Owners podcast. Hi, I'm Megan Wisdom, a certified copywriter and bona fide big sis who's helped five, six, and seven figure business owners make thousands of dollars through email marketing. Listen, I understand how exhausting it is to find leads and try to make money online, but it is possible for you to grow your business. You just don't know how. Let me teach you. I'll share copywriting and email marketing tips to help your business connect with your ideal clients who will actually buy. It's time to stop struggling. Let's start selling. Hey, are you thinking about live launching? If so, I have a resource that you might want and need. It is a free launch checklist to help you plan your next launch because I understand it kind of feels very overwhelming when you're thinking about launching a product or service. So this just breaks down the very simple steps that you need to take in order to have a successful live launch. So you can grab that for free in the show notes. So there's 10 things that I think could really kind of derail a live launch. The very first one is not enough market research. The reason market research is so, so important is because it's like the foundation for everything. It's the foundation for your product, not just your live launch. So you could be like the Ford company. They spent a lot of money on market research, but they waited so long in between that by the time the product launched, it was out of date. People had moved on to a different style of cars. You want to keep your market research up to date. Maybe you've done market research when you first started your business, but it's been a while. It's time to circle back. If you're getting ready to launch a new product or service, let's make sure your audience still wants that thing that they once wanted. They still need that thing that they once needed. Things change very quickly, so make sure your market research is sound and up to date. That will help you make sure that your messaging is fully aligned and that you created a product that someone wants because the opposite (laughs) is terrifying. Number two is over or under pricing. This is tricky. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I am the end-all, be-all expert on pricing. I am not. You're going to have to use that market research to kind of figure out the sweet spot in pricing for your ideal audience, for your ideal customer. You can't just copy and paste what someone else has done because their ideal client may not be your ideal client. That, again, goes back to that market research. Number three, the timing is off. This happened again with the Edsel. The timing was off. It was released during a recession. They waited too long from their market research 
research, so things had changed and expectations had changed over time. There are really three key ingredients to a launch and to making a successful sale, and that is you have to have the right person, the right offer, and the right time. Because you can have the right person and the right offer, but if you offer that offer, (laughs) that's hard to say, if you offer that product or service at a time that is not ideal for them to be spending money, then you're going to be wasting your time. For example, launching a product in December, unless it's Christmas related, is probably tragic for you because most people are spending money on other things. They are not going to purchase your course at Christmas. Now, there may be some caveats to that. I get it. But for the most part, the market is not focused on anything other than Christmas trees and stocking stuffers and gingerbread men in December. So that would be a really terrible time to launch for most people. Again, you know your ideal customers, what they want, but you have to consider would the timing be right? For example, I know many teacher businesses and to launch a product during May, unless it's something that's going to help teachers relax over summer, teachers aren't interested in school stuff in May because they're just burnt out. They're tired. They're tired of talking about school. They just want to go relax by the pool. So that would be a really bad time to launch a product for them. Now, June, a little bit different story. July, definitely a different story. So know your market and know when is the right time to offer your product or service. Number four is test testimonial overload. I see this sometimes and it's overwhelming. When you overwhelm people with information, you think that you're doing them a favor. Look at all this social proof. Everybody's had these fantastic results, blah, blah, blah. And I understand that to some extent. However, when you see a ton of testimonials on a sales page or you have 14 testimonials screenshotted into an email, your people are going to check out because they cannot focus. They feel overwhelmed and they will just like click off the page or go do something else. You have to feed them the very, very best, the cream of the crop of your testimonials. If we're talking about a sales page, there should be no more than three testimonials on that sales page visible at one time. Now, there's caveats to this as well. You can offer a scrolling testimonial, so you can have multiple. You could have like six, nine, you know, 14, 12, whatever testimonials, but only showing three at a time. That is digestible information. That doesn't feel overwhelming. Pick the cream of the crop for your emails. And then on your sales page, make sure that you're not showing more than three at a time in a visible space. If you have a long form sales page, you may have four five testimonials visible at different spots on your sales page. But whenever someone has the page pulled up on their screen, they should see no more than three at a time. Okay, got it? All right, don't do testimonial overload. Number five is overpromising. This really kind of annoys me. I've been so surprised at the number of people who overpromise in their messaging. Overpromising is dangerous because if you say that someone will be guaranteed to have a result, or if you say that this will cause this for sure 100%, no, because you cannot guarantee anything, to be honest. I mean, you can show the transformation that other people have experienced and, and suggest that they too can have that kind of transformation, but you cannot promise with complete certainty that that will happen for them. Because A, if it's a course, for example, that person actually has to digest the course and do what it says. You can't guarantee the results just by them downloading the course, right? If it's a service, for example, as a copywriter, I cannot promise with complete certainty that you're going to have a 100% conversion rate. No way, Jose, because people are not predictable. Just promise the very best results that you can provide 
provide without saying, yes, for sure, you're going to get this. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. So let's avoid words like guaranteed results or instant results, one of a kind, you know, unbeatable, the world's very best. This is life changing. You've never seen this before. You know, it's risk free. Those are types of words that are used when we over promise. So don't do that. Another thing that is a mistake is not using a long form sales page. The reason you need a long form sales page, not a short one. I get it. Everybody's like, we don't have any kind of attention spans. People don't read things. Yes, I know. But that's not everyone. There are customers who are considered high fact finders. These are the people who need to gather all the information before they can make a decision. I am one of those people. I read every single part of a sales page. You may not. That's why we use bullet points. That's why we create big headers and divide things up with lots of white space. But there are also people like me who have to read it all and have to have all the information. So that's why you need a long form sales page, not just a very short sales page. Number seven, you focus too much on yourself and not enough on the client. So even in your about section, it's really not about you. You're showing your expertise, but you're showing how your expertise can help the person. It's not really about you at that point. You are not the hero of this story. The person reading it is the hero and you're showing how you are going to guide them in their journey to success. So do not focus so much on yourself. Focus on the person that you are there to help. Then number eight, a mistake that I see in launches is email overload. If you are emailing everyone two and three times a day during your live launch, you can just guarantee that you're going to have lots of unsubscribes. Towards the end of your live launch, yes, you can include multiple emails a day because you're running out of time. But for the most part, one a day is plenty, especially if you have other forms of advertising, whether it's, you know, on social media or through podcasting or whatever. You don't need to be sending multiple emails every single day that your cart is open. Number nine, you're not using scarcity and urgency. These are two key factors in a launch that you need to be utilizing because you're helping move people towards making a decision. And they have to have this idea that there's not enough time or there's a finite amount of resources for them to actually get to a place where they're not going to kick the can down the road. So we talk a little bit about that more in episode 17 when we talked about evergreen versus live launches. So go check that out. And finally, number 10 is you don't have good system for tracking your metrics. Because how will you know if your live launch is successful, if you're not monitoring your metrics, if you're not seeing how your emails are performing, there are times when you might have to actually get in and make some changes to your sequence because you see that it's not performing the way that you want it to. So you have to be open to that. You have to be ready and able to make changes on the fly. But also at the end, you have to be able to take those metrics, analyze them and figure out what you need to do better for the next live launch, because it's not just a one and done thing. You don't just create all your live launch sequence and then forever and ever, amen, you use that stuff over and over again. You are constantly tweaking, improving, making it better so that you can get the best conversion rates. So those are the 10 rookie mistakes that can ruin a launch. I know that you're going to avoid those and you're going to go out and have a fantastic, fantastic live launch experience. Hey, real quick before you go, if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a business bestie or better yet, leave a review on iTunes because by doing so, you'll help this podcast reach more business owners who can learn how to use copywriting to grow their businesses. And that's what we're all about here. So thanks. 